Hey everybody, I'm Micah Rich. And I'm Olivia Kane. Welcome to the Weekly Typographic. A podcast where we discuss our favorite type and design news from the week. Hey everybody, I am super excited that this week uh, we have our first ever special guest. Hey, I'm Mirko Monzes. Uh, this Mirko has been yeah. a friend of ours uh, for years now from the league. Um, he has helped out behind the scenes a ton. He's an amazing designer and type designer. Um, and every week is contributing like half of our articles that we're finding <laughs> anyway. Any so listeners? Week. Yeah. Any listeners that have listened for the past uh, few months? know Mirko, or they should. Because he finds like, half our legs. I guess we mention you all the time, too. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, too, listen to the podcast, and it's quite strange to hear your own name all the time. <laughs> especially, especially probably poorly pronounced. Uh, you, you did a decent job. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> but, yeah, thank, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're super excited. Um, and later on, we're going to do a fun little interview, talk about your history and what you are working on and the cool stuff you've done. Uh, typewise, yeah. But today we have a bunch of awesome flipping articles. So many! Oh my gosh. We for a nice change, we had too many and had to cut it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a little bit since we recorded. Micah is now in Europe. If you're, if anyone's wondering how Mirko, Mirko and Micah are together right now in England. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting around a little table here with our laptops out. <laughs> It's very cute. It's cloudy, as you would expect in London, or just oh, outside of London. Um, it's cl- cloudy in New York too. <laughs> <laughs> and kudos to Olivia for waking up at like nine in the morning. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was so excited to do it, and I'm glad like we finally could figure out like a time within our two very conflicting time zones to actually meet and talk and be super nerdy together. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's jump in. The first one that we have this week. Uh, this is a very interesting one. This is two of our league friends talking at each other on a meeting. Talking to each other. <laughs> right, that's how normal people say it. Uh, <laughs> lessons learned making my variable font an interview with type designer Tyler Fink. And if anyone's wondering, our other league friend, it's Thomas that is interviewing him on behalf of Type Thursday. Yeah. So Thomas is the founder of Type Thursday. We mentioned him before. We did that first league type design class together. And uh, so this article is like a transcript of Thomas interviewing Tyler about working on, I mean, his history with type design, uh, a handsome picture of him, and then getting into some of the history of stuff that he did for the league, including league mono, which Tyler has been working really hard the last month or so to uh, not only expand, but also turn into a variable font. Yes. And it is available as a variable font um, on the little microsite that Tyler designed. Um, if you want to actually check it out and see it in use. And they actually talk a little bit about the design of the microsite, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but also just like about the process of how he 
kind of transitioned his font into a variable font, which um, I don't know, was kind of like this weird thing that no one really knew about for a while. And now it's kind of like the floodgates have opened and it's kind of interesting to see that so many fonts that people have designed um, are very ready to be converted to vari variable fonts and can be converted so like very easily as well. Yeah. It's nice that it builds on the technology that was like introduced with um, with the open type with the multiple masters. And then mm -hmm. you had like the lightest mass and the uh, boldest mass. And with a bit of fixing and trying out, you can relatively easy, I'm not going to downplay the amount of work that went into this, but <laughs> relatively easy compared to the variable font. And then, yeah, use it in the mm -hmm. very limited, uh, yeah. Space Mirko, uh, have right you, um, sorry, have you done, have you made a variable font yet? I mean, not specifically, no. I'm, uh, when I'm working on a font, I'm usually interpolating as well, so I'm using the masters, the bold, and the uh, light. And so mm -hmm. most of my fonts right now could be variable, but yeah, not oh specifically, gosh. no, yeah. Oh, cool. But also about the microsite again, um, I, when I first saw the promo images that are on the leak site right now, these uh, little, very, very um, minimalist with nice gradients and stuff, I thought mm -hmm. hmm, that is really a nice uh, fit for the font, and then oh. he translated that to the microsite, which is really cool. So you see, like the uh, early examples with the promo images on the leak site, and then now the cool site that Tyler designed. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to. Uh, I mean, I want to talk to Tyler more about getting that on the leak site. Um, I mean, the leak mono variable is also open source, uh, and so we plan on getting it in there. It's just a matter of actually getting it in there yeah <laughs> um on the leak site do we have i know i think tyler talks about this in the article but he had like a he was changing the width until like it condensed and extended and it's really cool on the microsite but i don't mm -hmm. know if the leak model that we have on the leak website has the width changes I don't. I don't think so. I think that was no. part of the expansion yeah, that he was working on. That, you know. <laughs> but what's cool is um, on his site he says you can download this variable font, but you can also get every single style that could be made. So it's like eighty styles from like oh uh, on God. the weight axis and the um, the width axis. So you can not just like uh, slide to slider, but also get the individual font files if you want to. Which is like kind of insane to get like 80 variants of a font, but you could do it. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. Oh my goodness. Ugh. I tell you, Tyler is such a machine. Like the amount of work that he can do in the amount of time that he does it is unreal. Yeah. And he uh, he's like full time doing this now. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so, uh, recently he like went much back more, to full-time type designer. Yeah, much more cool stuff to come from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw on Twitter uh, just before this that he was working on making an expansion and a variable version of one of his paid fonts. Mm. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Well, uh, I'm excited for variable fonts to come to the league. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, has has any of you like found a good use for variable fonts yet? Is there like, <laughs> is this right now? Is it like color fonts right now? Is it just like something that is possible and browsers kind of support it, but uh, it hasn't really found the application yet? But I, I can see way more potential with this, that uh, especially for like variable um, for like dynamic sites for like adjusting mm -hmm. type with the width of the site to to fit like characters in the line stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it will be interesting, but I haven't seen like a good application of it yet. Well, I yeah. guess I, I have two thoughts on that. One is that I recently saw like an open source JavaScript library 
that uses, if you have a variable font, it, you know, there's a handful of libraries where it's like fit one line to the width of the page and mm -hmm. increase or decrease the size. And this one added the ability to uh, increase or decrease the width yeah. of, of the actual font, which is kind of neat, a little crazy. I don't know how <laughs> practical that is. Um, but one thing that we wanted to do when we were first working on the new league site was make a type tester mm -hmm. and be able to switch from all of the different weights, especially for league mono. We was working on a lot. Um, and it, it just like took a bunch of bandwidth and it was kind of slow and clunky to switch the fonts like that on the page. And now that it's a variable font, you don't have to load anymore. It's already mm, loaded. Yeah. And so there won't be any like weird flash as you're, as you're trying to change oh. it, which is a very specific usage, but that was like one of the things that I was interested in. No, that'll be, that'll be really nice. Oh yeah. You're right. I, I mean, mean you it's could also literally do a slider now <laughs> because yeah, it's variable, exactly. but um, as far as like a more analog use of variable fonts, I know that I definitely could have, it would have been handy when I was typesetting a book. So I typeset a young adult book. It was about like 250 pages and like, I don't know. So with young adult books, your font size is pretty large and your columns aren't that long because it's still like kind of considered a children's book. So as you can see, it kind of provides a lot of issues with typesetting. There's so many orphans and widows. I spent like half of the time typesetting just trying to get rid of those. And like, and that means literally going into your tracking and doing negative one, negative two, negative three. It's mm -hmm. like super minuscule changes that if there was just slight adjustments in the width of the actual characters that I was typesetting with, I mean, just it would have made a huge difference. And I think it's going to make a huge difference for people That's that are typesetting. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, you have another person on here now who just does print design. I'm always in, in, uh, in InDesign moving stuff around. Uh -huh. Playing with hyphenation and justification settings, and yeah, that oh might actually be an interesting use for that. Yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the many exciting ways. Um, as our, we're going to start seeing all of these probably get implemented in the near future, hopefully. Yeah. All right, we should move on. We got a bunch more great stuff yes. to look at. All right. Next article came from Mirko. It is from Font Shop and it's stencil alphabets. And I haven't totally fully read this through, but Mirko, <laughs> maybe you can introduce this and kind of talk about why it was great and why you wanted to share. Yeah, so um, actually I found this article like years, uh, like I don't know even, I think a year ago or two because mm -hmm. I was working on my own stencil type uh, face and I wanted to uh, read up about it a bit and see what else has been done and what the practical applications are, uh, are of like stencils. And this is mm -hmm. quite interesting um, because the article, it um, gives a little history, but also there's like a lot of uh, visual, visual examples like from around the world with like Cyrillic scripts as well as Latin and even some like uh, Chinese characters, which is always mm -hmm. like a favorite of mine because they are uh, so complex and I always like uh, seeing, especially for Chinese characters, how they are um, translated into different styles. And since uh, stencils like has very particular requirements with like um, how small you can make the individual pieces and 
how many <laughs> connecting lines you have because of course uh, if you stencil something you, you don't want to uh, have like blobs of ink and you have to uh, keep readability in mind for a huge part of it and if you have such detailed characters as uh, the chinese examples in this article it's quite interesting to see uh, yeah the solutions they came up with Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to share. It's like it's like a good visual companion with a bit of context, and then at the end they present their own like typeface because of course it's on font shop, so they want to plug something. <laughs> so you, you can probably keep uh, stop reading like further down if you don't want <laughs> to get like advertisement for their own font. But yeah, it's quite an interesting article actually. Yeah, there's lots of beautiful examples in here. Just like it, I. Stencils are totally something that I think we take for granted that we are exposed to since like at a very young age and all the super inventive stencil alphabets you can think of are like actually so gorgeous in these examples and seeing like very analog type stencils like mm. Chinese stencils for example um, like you see that cut out of paper you can see the little edges of the paper fiber showing through um, and it's just like a very thoughtful process that wow we definitely take for granted. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, it's also interesting, like one of the first images in this article is about um, a stencil that's cut out of um, copper or something that's like um, a signage on a building where mm -hmm. the stencil is, um, it's, uh, the typeface is uh, interrupted so it doesn't, um, it doesn't, uh, the, the, the copper pieces can have something to hold on to. It's probably best if you look at the image I'm talking about, but uh, that's like an interesting use I've never thought about. If you cut something out instead of like painting something on. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. a good point. So yeah, I wanted to share that because I think uh, a lot of type designers uh, think about like doing a stencil typeface at some point or expanding uh, a f family with a stencil weight. And so I thought this would be like an interesting introduction. Yeah, it's great. Um, definitely everyone check that out. And I feel like I just looking at the examples is like such a feast for the eyes. Yeah, yeah totally. All right. Next on our list is Design Challenge. And this is a site that's um, that's been passed around kind of a lot, I think in the design type community. Um, the type that's being used is League Mono, so that's super exciting. Um, <laughs> it consists of a is, bunch... This is actually designed yeah. by a friend of Tyler's, too. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. I think that they worked together in Ithaca. Luke James oh, sure. is his name. Uh, I follow him on Twitter, I think, which is how I found this. Oh my gosh. Um, it's kind of just a neat... Uh, um, it's like a prompt generator, yeah? Kind of? Yeah, yeah. For, like, projects, if if you want to add something in your portfolio or just want to challenge yourself and do something new, but it's hard sometimes to think of, you know, an arbitrary example mm -hmm. to play with. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's just kind of a compilation of interesting briefs with Very features and things mm -hmm. to prioritize. Um, <laughs> and it, in itself, is open source. I mean, the website is well-designed, but, like, you can do a pull request on the GitHub repository with new ideas, which I think is really cool. It's really cool. And lots of, um, most of these prompts are for apps, if anyone is curious. Mm. So all the digital savvy people will really appreciate this. Lots of, like, UI designing. Um, mm. But seemingly ordinary things that 
um, could be actually pretty interesting. I was reading the one about the Spotify artist catalog manager. What if like Spotify artists could have total creative freedom as to how like their songs and albums were displayed? Like what would that look like? What, what controls do you give the artist? Um, And I'm not at all like a digital person, but very like thought out prompts for a lot of these, um, these different segments. Oh, interesting. This one was actually a contribution that you're talking about mm-hmm. from WeWork. Oh. They must have done a pull request and included it. Yeah. And oh, so cool. this is okay. There's a link here where it's saying this is an example of a design question that they use for interviews. Yeah, I was thinking about something like that. This kind of seems like something you might get in college in like a class where you would get a brief in quotes from like a fictional company and you would just design like a personal project, basically. And this is something that you can like, yeah, to to bolster your portfolio, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. this is very cool. And as someone that's done a lot of prompts for job applications, I, these are very similar to them. This makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's a cool one. Yeah. Just fun to browse and maybe play with on a weekend. Yeah. Um, and next? also just pretty to look at. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I got excited. But I mean, yes, it, it is very well designed. Uh, I like the cool. typeface a lot. <laughs> I wonder what it is. <laughs> um, and what's next? What's next is super exciting. I feel like this has really been passed around. I've seen this um, kind of topic on basically every design outlet that we've been looking at as far as our links. And it's Adobe is reviving fonts from legendary Bauhaus design masters. This is so exciting. Um, Adobe is going on an initiative and it launched called the hidden treasures Bauhaus Dessau. And it's a campaign that will bring really old sketches um, from Bauhaus I think the that's the first Bauhaus to sell, right? There's there were like two. Yes. Correct? Um yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was reopened after sometime after World War Two, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm actually not not like that big into the history of the Bauhaus, so I can't retell really you. But this is like the original one. Yeah. I mean, in the article, they show pictures of people taking out these sketches, wearing like white gloves, very carefully removing them, and um Eric Speakerman and his team are taking this on. And it's, I mean, it's kind of an amazing way to preserve history, to revive it. Like there's just so many different components that make this such a special project. Um, I know Mirko, you found it very early on. And then like, there's just been so many articles popping up, but it's so special. Yeah. And also like, um, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that's like, quite uh, individual about these typefaces there's a lot of like elements that um you find in like the the the, the common design uh, tropes of typefaces but there's a lot of like little inconsistencies and little individualities in these which are quite like yeah i know especially speaking of stencil fonts i think there's a stencil font in there that i'm very excited to kind of see revived as like very beautiful it kind of looks has this modern feel to it um and has like the touches of the nuanced stencil marks that make it really interesting yeah so, so cool. uh, i mean this is interesting and i'm i'm excited about the the video too. There's a nice video that goes along with all these descriptions and beautiful photos that you can watch. Yeah. I'm not also, what totally a great sh- name. Hidden treasures. <laughs> I know it's pretty Good good. Um, I have to look up when these are actually going to get released, but yeah, I was thinking about that. I don't know. 
sometimes because soon. if it's like um it's like initiated by adobe if i see correctly so oh um, available for immediate download via adobe type kit today oh <laughs> okay <laughs> we did great <laughs> with, the first, with the first two fonts it says mm. so maybe okay. the rest are to come soon there's gonna be a lot because I was thinking, like, there's quite a lot of, like, it's not just redrawing. It's like they have to um, adapt new characters and stuff uh, because these mm-hmm. are supposedly quite limited because they're, first of all, they're, like, uh, over seven, over 80 years old by this point. And secondly, yeah. they're like, they, they don't feature, like, the conveniences we're probably used to from modern fonts. So there's, mm. it's not just, like, a matter of redrawing, like, tracing old drawings, but, like, um, reapplying the design principles to the new letters and glyphs. So they, yeah. that's that's what I was thinking about uh, how f- how fast they can turn that around because Adobe and Speakerman they usually take like a lot of care into designing that stuff. So I thought that this is either going to be like something that's been in the making for a long time or it's going to be like a staggered rollout or something. Yeah, I mean, I def- they definitely knew it was going to be a big undertaking to have like Eric Speakerman like seriously one of the more famous type designers out there um undertake this project i'm sure it's like i i have a feeling it's years in the making but it's just my hunch also it's funny that i say speakerman even though it's like a german name i could say speakerman (laughs) but that sounds more wrong to me because i listen to all the interviews and he always introduces himself in the english pronunciation so (laughs) just a little bit there I want yeah, to say like, it like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that actually sounds way better. I like it that way. Right? It sounds more German. <laughs> All right. So that's also a super cool one. You know, I love a revival. Yeah. So exciting. Next um, up, interesting is, article from Google that I think you also found, right? Or Mirko found it. I did not find it. Are we talking about the Arabic uh, article? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did find that. Um, because like Google Design, um, they, they post infrequently, but they post really good stuff. So it, it's in my bookmarks somewhere, and I'm <laughs> sometimes stumbling across there and see what they're up to. And they posted an interesting article about, um, it's called Modernizing Arabic Type for a Digital Audience. And yeah, because it's from Google fonts, they, of course, like invested in a good web typography and they want to expand, of course. And so they're uh, yeah, giving, giving some examples and uh, like looking at the future of uh, Arabic, Arabic type on the web and like modernizing in general, which I thought yeah. was quite interesting. I mean, it's like, it's amazing. I mean, I don't even know like how to begin even designing this and how important it is too. And I know that they kind of talk about like the actual usership. So it says the number of web users in the Arab world was estimated by the UN to have grown from 46 million in 2007 to 170 million. So there is definitely a demand for all this design. And I think it's really exciting. Like we're like Google font, Google's making it happen and like understanding their audience and designing for a like group that was relatively overlooked when web design began and now is finally getting included um, the correct, like as much as they should be and it should be growing even more and to even raise awareness by this and post it in their Google design blog is very exciting. Yeah. You know, I actually, I got an email from, uh, Dave Crossland, who is like the, the 
guy behind all of this Google Fonts initiative. Maybe I can convince him to get on and talk about this a little bit. Yeah, that'd be yeah. really neat. That'd be so cool. I'll see what I can do. No promises. <laughs> He's super busy. Yeah, I can imagine. But Google Fonts, I mean, this isn't the first time that we've just like seen massive expansions like going beyond the Latin alphabet. A few months ago, we shared the Korean type um, mm. open source fonts. And like that was so cool to see um, getting developed and like to see how far it's come. That just makes me really optimistic for the world we're going into. Yeah, yeah, it does. Also, one thing uh, I thought about is like modernizing uh, in this sense here is about like mostly because it's Google fonts about like web fonts. But I also thought about that there is like compared to Latin, a quite a limited amount of styles and um, fonts available for Arabic in general. Like um, and then there's like a smaller subset for web fonts because like... Um, one thing is like the amount of work. It's it's not as insane as um, Chinese, which we uh, you talked about like uh, um, like an early episode, which has mm -hmm. like thirteen thousand glyphs or something. But still, there's like more design work, and also because um, like uh, most fonts are only in English and then sometimes expanded to Cyrillic and stuff. Uh, usually, even for like famous fonts, Arabic gets like um, set by the way uh, wayside and. Mm. So it's interesting maybe that this push will get like more interesting font styles as well. Yeah. And I no, love I like that, that. Uh, I mean, no doubt all of this work is going back into open source considering, mm -hmm. you know, Google fonts uh, investment in open source fonts. Yeah. So that in itself is very exciting, I think. All right. Great <laughs> find. Yeah. This is great. We have... One more to go? Yeah. This is the one from Micah's family. <laughs> right, yes. Shout out to Lori, my stepmother, who sent me this um, via my father's email. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. uh, I think she found it on, like, Apple News or something. So it, it, was, it was out there. Which is um, funny because I didn't see this on any other news outlet except no, me neither. you. Really? <laughs> That's kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, so what this is, it's it's the most powerful font.com. Um, and someone, there's not a lot of information here, put together uh, a font that compiles letters from the handwriting of world leaders who are going to be at the G7 summit uh, or going to be have were. It was in late or early June. Um, and they put together this font from what it appears to be able to like write these powerful messages in the handwriting of the people that they want to read them saying like, this is what we think the world leaders need to be talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's just, I mean, in itself, I was just kind of struck by the creativity of that, like making a message in the handwriting of the people who need to be reading it. Is oh, yeah. kind of a powerful, uh, I don't know, political design approach. Yeah. I mean, definitely one that I've never seen before. And if anyone's kind of wondering what these messages are, it's like pretty, you know, heavy, real 
issues that are going on, um, people demanding world rights for refugees, empowering women in business. I mean, very serious things. And they actually break it down on some of these posters of which characters come from which world leader that was at this summit. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. I think it could be, it's interesting to see it as someone that's interested in letter forms, but basically I think just like the average person that doesn't even need to know anything about design or letter forms could find this to be like a super interesting project. Yeah. And it lets you download the font, uh, which I, I think is not an open source font. I think it is just a free font that you're probably allowed to use only in specific contexts. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't come with a license, but it kind of says that a little bit inside the font file. But it's at least interesting <laughs> that you can download it and, um, you know, maybe yeah. do something yeah. in, in this vein. But I mean, this is like this is more a political message than like a really usable font because <laughs> yeah, I hope the letters they send in that font aren't too long because it's not easy to read. It's it's like uh, yeah, it's but it's like interesting from that standpoint because um, didn't someone say like the the harder font is to read, the more information you retain. Isn't that like one of the studies they did? Like that the very ornate fonts are like <laughs> way better for reading comprehension. Really? really? Yeah. That's interesting. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I haven't I'm, heard. I hope that. I'm not misremembering that, but that's like maybe science. I guess <laughs> <laughs> maybe science. I, 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 you know, I might be bullshitting, but in a way, it kind of makes sense. Of like, I'm working so hard to yeah. read this that my brain is going to remember what yeah. the heck I just read. That's what I was thinking. So yeah, but it's like it, it's such a cool thing. And it, it, like, on the surface level, it reminds me of uh, what uh, you guys shared, like, a couple months ago with, like, the digitizing handwriting of famous famous musical artists. Oh, my gosh, mm. yeah. The one that got taken down. <laughs> the the copyright thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, hopefully, this one stays up so everyone can look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just, like, interesting exercise in handwriting analysis and, like, seeing what different leaders, how our handwriting is. Cause I'm always interested in that. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I, I actually started like a small project a while ago when I was in college that I never really uh, got off the ground or put the time investment in where I scanned like handwriting samples of like different people and then picked out interesting letter combinations. I called Ooh. it the beauty of routine. Mm. And so I wanted to um, create like a re- repository of um cool little idiosyncrasies in different handwriting styles that might be just cool to look at and also inspiration for letterers that might look for an interesting swirl in their logo or something. But yeah. I only made like seven, eight posts on the Tumblr and then never continued it. <laughs> so that's... Oh my gosh, send us the link. I want to share it. <laughs> I can, yeah, but it's <laughs> it's very short. It's like a very short browse. <laughs> Still sorry, interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So I think that concludes our links for this week. So many good things. Such a variety. Got our type history in, learned a little bit about variable fonts, um, got some exciting news from foundries. All good things. Yeah, this was a good batch. Definitely, yeah. It was very exciting to talk about this with you. Because yes. Only- Listening to you, I was like, oh, I have something to add to this. Oh, this is interesting. And now I can like 
straight up tell you and give my opinion, which is nice. <laughs> no, great. it's so we nice. We appreciate more regular edition. <laughs> yeah, please. Oh my gosh. It's so nice having like another person in the bunch to give the perspective that me or Mike don't have. So <laughs> it's very exciting. And uh, in the near future, look out for a fun interview on Mirko and his history, design, all that good stuff. Yes. All the good things. Amazing. So thanks, everybody, for another wonderful week in the weekly typographic. We will see you next time. Do-do-do-do. do 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 do